Welcome back and happy new year, you guys. It is finally 2020. I cannot believe it, but I'm 100% here for it. And I think you guys are too. Um, we said goodbye to 2019 and we are ready for all this change. So we're so excited to have Jen Hills on the podcast today. Um, they have the panel launch party, which is her podcast coming up this week. So stay tuned through the episode so you can hear all the details on how to join us at the party this week. And again, happy, happy new year and welcome back to the girl gang podcast. Um, All right, guys, I have Jen Hills with me on the podcast today. Jen, thank you for joining us on the Fearless Girl Gang podcast. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am great. I don't even know what day it is. We're in that weird time between (laughs) between Christmas and New Year's. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I eating? No clue. Um, But I'm feeling good. The R&R is really nice. It really is. It's like, I think you and I can probably relate on how hard we work all the time. And then when we rest, it's like, I feel like I'm just a zombie. I know it's almost like too much rest. I'm not used to it. So it's weird. I'm kind of looking to just diving back into things in January. I just need these next couple days and to get through New Year's Eve, kind of get out of town. And I know that when I come back, I'm going to like hit it hard spring cleaning, get organized, get ready for the panel launch party, so many things. I'm so ready to clean out all of my crap because I, for some reason this year, I ended up with like all of these like beauty hair and makeup samples and it's just like overflowing in our bathroom and I have no idea Uh. what happened. So I'm just uh, like literally today after we're done, I'm about to go sit on the floor in our bathroom for like an hour and just purge all of the crap. But. I did that exact thing with my all my drawers and everything in my bathroom like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. I've got everything organized. So what I'm doing today, after we're done recording this podcast, I'm doing that with clothes. So I have like, I, I have these two guest bedrooms. Both closets are full of clothes that I'm either giving away, selling, yeah. like there's clothes on the floor and it's <laughs> that clutter. Yes. I just feel I can't bring that into the new year. No. Yeah. You know? know, we've got a lot of, um, early spring cleaning to do. Um, okay. So tell us just a little bit about who you are. Tell us about Jen. Yeah. Tell us about Jen. Tell us about <laughs> <So> Jen. <fun. laughs> I mean, uh, so I live in Dallas and I guess after I graduated from the university of Oklahoma in 2011, I moved back here. I kind of moved to the big city. I'm from Argyle, which is a small town about an hour outside of Dallas. So moving to the city, did it doesn't matter if it's Dallas or New York or LA, like a big city is just different. You know, you just feel grown up. It felt very sex in the city. Yes. And um, I started working in the tech industry. So I've been in sales pretty much my whole career, sort of the very bottom in sales. You just you don't make any money in the beginning and you work a lot and mm-hmm. you, you do a lot of cold calling and all the kind of shit work and the, mm-hmm. the, the things people don't want to do yeah. but um I I did that work my way up in software sales and uh you know just always had this kind of creative passion I think everyone needs a hobby or 
I don't know, something outside of work. Like if your work isn't something you started or your passion that you turned into a career mm-hmm. and you're working for someone else, I genuinely believe you need something outside of that to, to kind of fulfill your soul. So yeah. at the beginning of this year, I was like, all right, I'm going to dive in. I made some serious life changes and started my first podcast, which grew really quickly. And I left that to my co-host to take in the direction she wanted, very female empowerment. I wanted to go more kind of professional and ambition and educational. So I started the panel podcast in October of 2019. So I am in software sales by day, podcaster by night. And man, that keeps me really, really busy, but really fulfilled. (laughs) And that's, that's what I think a lot of people are trying to find is like, are you busy to be busy or are you busy because you're fulfilled by what you're doing. I think a lot of people can look at people's calendars or, or like look at their lifestyle and be like, well, she's so busy. She in assume whatever, but you don't know yeah. if they're fulfilled or you actually, you know what? You can probably tell if they're being fulfilled by what they're doing or they're just busy. You know, it's funny. I, and when I am, my calendar is not necessarily full hour to hour back to back. Like I sit down and focus on my work and I go meet with clients and then I schedule like podcast recordings. But sometimes I'll just get into that flow state where I'm in the evening where I'm like planning out um, what guests I'm going to have on the show, what topics we're going to talk about, uh, what events we're going to throw, who I'm going to partner with. And I just get in this flow state for the podcast where hours will go by where I'm doing that. And I'd rather be doing that because I enjoy it than kind of out drinking or whatever you mm-hmm. know a hundred times um, yes it's all about balance I, I just I think if you really love and enjoy what you're doing mm-hmm. people will see that and it will shine through yeah I think that's 100% true so okay you your background in sales is like so interesting to me I don't know why but um so <laughs> how has your career like your full-time influenced and maybe even helped this new venture that you started with the podcast. Cause there's a lot that goes into it. Right. You know, I think, yeah. I think if you have a great platform and mission and purpose in mind, it could be something really, really awesome. Um, what, how has, how has your background in sales helped launch this podcast? For me personally, it's helped, uh, with discipline and structure and understanding, um, like, planning things out. So with a podcast, most podcasts, especially when you're just starting one, you really want to release an episode every week. And that requires you to be, um, you know, at least four episodes ahead if you can. If you've Mm -hmm. got a full-time job, I think you need to have some batch episodes recorded. But if you're recording live every week, then you have to sit down and take the discipline and plan ahead who your guests are going to be. And, mm-hmm. and, and outside of that, you got to send them an email and here's what we're going to talk about and here's where to show up and here's mm-hmm. where to call me. And you have to be really on top of things. I think working mm-hmm. in a corporate environment that requires a lot of self-discipline, a lot of planning, scheduling, coordinating, that's helped me a lot. But honestly, I think every person, no matter what you're doing, has to try to be comfortable with also being a salesperson. Yes. So you're, you're selling yourself or you're selling your, um, whether you're a CEO or you're a creator, you've got to sell yourself, your product, your value. 
um, the podcast. Like, you've got to sell. Why do people mm-hmm. want to listen to the panel? Like, what's it about? Why is it intriguing for you? Mm-hmm. Like, I sit down and think of things from the listener's perspective a lot. Yes. And I just think without all my experience and work, um, like in the corporate world, I think I would be less structured. And to be honest, it's because I've seen it in some creatives that kind of skipped the corporate world, if that makes sense. Yeah. And this intrigues me so much. I know I keep saying that, but discipline, it's really difficult. And I think discipline is something that, you know, we have to get down in, in any facet, you know? So maybe how, when you're approaching something like starting a podcast or even starting a business or just some kind of hobby or side hustle, um, what did you do? What were some steps you took? Maybe there's some tools that you used or things that like you did on a regular basis in your real job that you translated here, or maybe mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking of like a sales process. And I think sales can be scary to people or it sounds scary if you've never done it before. Um, but kind of walk us through that. Yeah, honestly, I think sometimes people overcomplicate it. It's a pen and paper. If you have an idea, you sit down, you write it out and you will be shocked (laughs) at what all, what all comes out on paper. I mean, when you sit alone with your thoughts and that's what I did. I, I walked away from my other podcast kind of being like, you know, I started it with a certain brand in mind and we started kind of deviating away from that. And when I walked away from it, I got all, I was flooded with messages like, no, you need to be podcasting and like start a new one. And I wasn't sure if I was going to, and I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to just start one just to start one. Like, Mm -hmm. but I love the idea. And I got to think about what my message is. So I sat down with a pen and paper and I'm like, forget about the name of it. Forget about the branding. Forget about any of that. What's my purpose? Like, what's the podcast going to be about? And why do I want to do it? Is it Mm -hmm. self-fulfilling? You know, or do I really think I can reach and impact listeners Mm -hmm. with either my advice or like, identify some sort of emotional intelligence um and and pull pull awareness out of themselves like Mm -hmm. I I don't know so I wrote down all these words I wrote down educational emotional awareness I just wrote down words and then that flowed into diagrams it flowed into statements it flowed into sentences it flowed into branding it flowed very naturally but people overcomplicate it they I think we're so attached to our phones and our laptops and we search for tools to start a podcast, tools to start a business, blah, blah. And if you just sit down and figure out first why you want to do it, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do? Like, what's the impact? What do people um, want to listen to? Or what do you have to say that people would listen to? And why? Like, why, why? do they yeah. tune in? Yeah. And so I really sat down. And with anything, even at the beginning of my week for my sales job, every day I learned this at my very first job. With a pen and paper, I create little squares like a checkbox. Mm-hmm. I write like Monday, the date to do list. And I write out my tasks for the day. I put the biggest ones at the top. So if my biggest task of the day is to set a new meeting with a new client, that's number one on my list. Everything else can fall below my mm-hmm. follow-up emails. I have to send the clients, my everything else falls below. My one mission is setting that one meeting with that new client. And you know what I mean? I, I yeah. write it down. You know, what's funny. And I do the same thing. I literally do the same thing. I get to work at school. I'm there at like seven. I get there early. 
I sit down with a notepad or like whatever I have right now, I'm about to start using the new Crit and Cultivate planner, but I love Ooh. pen and paper and, Me too. and I'm like, okay, here's, and I even have like different categories or whatever. So I'm like, here's what I need to do for business. Here's what I need to do at school. Here's what needs to get done at home. So it's like, home is like groceries, laundry, whatever. And then school is like, I do that too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need to do like grades and I have to go to this meeting at eight o'clock or, and then all of my business stuff. But, and then, you know what? I think people are like, Ugh, I didn't finish this whole list. Well, probably not. And I just carry over the stuff that I didn't get done to the next day. But you, like you said, like if it's time sensitive or if it's the most important thing, it's going at the top of the list. I never finish it. And I think no. that's important for people to know that I, I don't know anyone who checked everything off their list. I, I start off the day with all this ambition, all these things I want to do. <laughs> I put my biggest three things at the top and I'll mm -hmm. do it for work. And then I'll have my personal and usually under personal is also podcast. And I'll be like, right. you know, schedule next three guests, send confirmation email. Like I write out exactly yep, what the task exactly. is. But I'll have other things on there that are like nice to have for the day. And a lot of times I don't get to them and it's okay. Yeah. It's 100% okay. Yeah. I love that. I love, like, I'm such a nerd about people's like organizational tips and skills and tricks that they use. Are there any other like apps that you like? I know we love pen and paper, but are there anything on your phone that helps you keep, stay organized? I mean, email and my calendar. Again, I'm so basic. I no, use my perfect. email and my calendar. I live and die by it. I send yeah. it, like, that's the number one way I communicate with people for my work and for the podcast and everything I'm doing. I just don't think, I don't think pen and paper is going to go anywhere. And you know, it's no. funny is my dad sent me an email yesterday and he said the 2010s were supposed to bring the ebook revolution and it never quite came. Like some, like yeah. some people have a Kindle or whatever, mm -hmm. but they don't always use it. Mm -hmm. People still love paper books. Yeah, absolutely. They love pen and That's paper. why they're still coming out with paper books. It's because they love them. Constantly. Yeah. I, I saw Michael, my boyfriend, mm -hmm. got five books for Christmas. He's, he's a bookworm. Yeah, I um, I gave five books. Like it, I, there's just something about that tangible, like mm -hmm. reading and taking it in. And I just don't think that's going to go anywhere. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's talk a little bit more about sales. And so I think there's a lot of people mm -hmm. that listen to this podcast that are an entrepreneur and they are more than likely in business kind of by themselves. They might have a small team with them. Um, but part of what they're doing is building their brand. And so, like you said, you kind of have to get comfortable with selling yourself, whether you're like a business coach and you offer these services or you're a photographer or you you know, have a brand agency or whatever it might be. Um, first of all, why do you think it's so hard for people to get comfortable with selling themselves and what they're good at and like their skill set? I think people don't want to be intrusive and they've been sold to before and they've probably been improperly sold to before and it feels invasive and it actually does the opposite effect. It makes people close off. Yeah, I think when it's sure. done right um, and you don't feel like you're being sold to and you feel like you're just being educated about a product or service, there's no pressure to buy. But I, let me just tell you about what this does and like why other customers find it valuable and you don't do it in a salesy way. It's 
if you can accomplish that with one client, mm-hmm. it's, your confidence will just get built. It, it takes off that pressure and it becomes less scary. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I think even, even when you do that and you do it the right way, sometimes people still say no. And so I think rejection is a huge, a huge thing that people probably fear the most is getting rejected or being told no or being ghosted or, or, or whatever. Um, I recently worked with a a financial business coach named Meg Wheeler. She was fantastic. And she was like, you have to get comfortable with that, but then also turn around to those people. There's nothing wrong, especially if it's like someone in your warm audience or some, someone that's like a friend and say, Hey, thank you so much for responding. I would love some feedback on why this wasn't a good fit for you or, or just ask for their feedback because you'd be surprised at what they would be, you know, if you did a good job and you educated them and then it just wasn't right for them, you kind of want to know why. And you want to know, okay, am I not targeting the right person or what? I always ask for feedback. I'll leave meetings and ask my engineer, okay, what did I do good in there? What, what do I need to improve on? Um, I'll ask clients. Like after they're, you know, after they become a customer, like, Hey, mm-hmm. what, what was the best part of the experience? What could have gone better? Um, in every area of life, I think if you're, you're not open to feedback, it's really tough for you to improve and get better. If you are so defensive and have those walls up and mm-hmm. you just don't want to hear that criticism about your product or your branding or any right. of it, I went through this full blown identity brand, brand identity crisis with the <laughs> panel where, um, you know, I was constantly asking people, what do you think? What do you think of logo? I don't like it. I don't, you know, yeah. I want to change it. I want it to appeal to this, this, and this. And I was like, be honest with me. I really wanted yes. to know because yeah. I wasn't relating to it. Right. So well, it's important to, to you. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be comfortable with feedback. If you want to honestly, with anything you do in life, whether it's a job that you're just doing to pay the bills, be open to feedback. You can always learn something new. You know, I think that's really valuable. Yeah. And I know there's probably a lot of people listening that you're in a job that you're probably not in love with, but, um, I think I heard at Dallas startup week this last year, Mark Cuban was like your regular, if you're a side hustler, if you've got something going on on the side, your full-time job should be teaching you something. And if it's not, then you need to dig a little deeper because you could definitely learn something from where you are. So I love that. So I hate apple cider vinegar. I think it's disgusting. The only time I've ever liked it is when my mom makes this pulled pork recipe and you have to use apple cider vinegar, but it's disgusting otherwise. You're supposed to take it. It's supposed to be really good for you just in your overall health. And so I was like, well, you know what? I've got to step up my game. And so about a year ago, my um, husband's stepmother said, why don't you just try it in a pill or a capsule? And I was like, that's a great idea because I'm not drinking this other crap. So ordered some on Amazon. Even those, they have a smell. Like when you open the bottle, it still stinks. And I'm just like, ugh. And then when you take it and then just like a fish oil pill or something, the after burps are disgusting. So I was hanging out at my mom's house over the break or something from Thanksgiving or whatever. And I tried Goli, G-O-L-I, that's what it's called. And I'd seen it on Ellen DeGeneres and um, 
I was like, I doubt it actually tastes good. And it's little gummy vitamins or looks like a gummy vitamin. And so I tried it and like, that was it. I was like, this actually tastes like just apple and no vinegar. Um, so that was it. I was like, okay, this is what I'm taking from now on. Um, and so here is the coolest part. Now you can try it with the code Amanda's in Dallas. That's my Instagram handle name. So all one word, Amanda's in Dallas, all or lowercase at checkout and get 5% off. You guys, it is such a lifesaver. Our next sponsor is Sunday Scaries. They are a leader in the CBD space. And I talked about them recently. I'm so excited because they have a new product that they're gummy bears and it literally says for chilling on it (laughs) or something like that. Um, They created a niche for themselves by addressing America's anxiety problem. This is emphasized with their clever product names, hilarious memes, comedic content, They bring together a community of people who are fed up with being stressed out and no longer want to live their lives in a state of worry. And really, I know there's conflicting opinions about CBD products, but here's the thing. I really view this as a supplement and a tool not to just use. And and hear me say this. There's only, well, let me say this. CBD coming from the hemp plant is just to be used just as as it states it's a supplement and here's my experience the last week that I've been taking these and honestly I take it I take maybe half a gummy bear or even a whole one um maybe not usually like to start my day off but um if I'm getting a headache if I am um dealing with a lot at work Maybe there's just a lot on my schedule that day. Um, Maybe I know that there's going to be a lot going on that day and I will take one. And here's kind of how my experience and how I felt or have been feeling. Um, I take one and it's, it's not something, if you've never tried any CBD products or oils or anything like that, it is not like getting you like having this crazy experience you literally just feel like the tension in your brain and your head melts and you feel like you can handle it that's how I can describe it so check it out sundayscaries.com and you can use code fearless15 that's fearless15 for 15% off at checkout. And I love this part that they put in the copy. How Sunday Scaries helps with keeping your cool while being an HBIC, balancing work and play. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, Absolutely. my next question, I think that you exemplify this really well, is working with people and building a brand and building something together with other like-minded people versus feeling like it's a competition to, to get to whatever. I think podcasts are popping up left and right right now, but I think what, you know, what defines, because here's the deal. 
and I think some people are probably going to hear this and be like, oh, I didn't know that. Starting a podcast does not take a lot of like genius. <laughs> you can literally, nah. like, you know, Apple and, you know, iTunes or whatever, they've made it really easy. And, but the, the uh, differentiator is the content, the mission and the purpose. And so there can get, mm-hmm. you know, some competition boiling. Um, I love that that's part of what you exemplify is creating um, something with other people that's meaningful versus trying to be the biggest, be the best, be whatever. I think I think there's a difference between that and then you want to be top of mind for XYZ for your specific target or, or mission. Yeah. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Because I just know that you do that really well. I love that you view me that way. So that made my day. Thank you. Oh, you're <laughs> um, welcome. It's true. I think that you, if you go at it alone, like I want to be the only podcast in Dallas. Cause honestly, when, you know, my, my old co-host and I started my first podcast in February, mm-hmm. I genuinely felt like there were no podcasts in Dallas, no female empowerment podcasts in Dallas. I wasn't out looking for them. Right. I was, you know, kind of just on iTunes uh-huh. and, um, honestly, there definitely were. It, <laughs> the, you know, there were, there were podcasts. Um, and then since starting that and since starting my new podcast, there are, they're everywhere. They're popping yeah. up left and right. I have mm-hmm. people asking me and look, you never know who's going to be at the top. You just never know. And you never mm-hmm. know, like if that little person that you interviewed today ends up getting, you know, a million listeners by the end of 2020 and you help them, you help get, get a message about their podcast out. You help them with the gear, you help them plan and strategize and you do it together and you work as a team. They could pull you up, right? Because they've Mm -hmm. got all these listeners and then they're going to look back and remember you. And I just think that the, the more we share our knowledge and our skills and what we're doing and little tricks that we're learning. Um, and we all work toward a single goal together, then no one's going to be left behind, right? The only people that are going to be left behind are people that cut everybody off, siloed them off. Um, so also you never know who you're going to meet. Like, yeah, it's so funny. I, we were out last night and there were these realtors there that kind of knew someone in our group. And I think they only sell like expensive homes to rich people. (laughs) And maybe they didn't think, you know, that me or Michael or whoever we were with fit in that category. And it was like, you could tell that they viewed us as like, you're not ever going to be a client, not worth your time, like whatever, not going to build a relationship with you. But little do they know, like, some people that Michael knows or his family or me, like the amount of connections we have could probably make their 2020. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like you, if you underestimate people and you don't try to get to know them, you never know who their connections are, who they could introduce you to. I mean, Donna at Gardenuity introduced Mm -hmm. me to Tinsley. She introduced me to, you know, who introduced me to everybody. Right. And I would have never known that if I didn't take a chance on that email that I got from mm-hmm. her marketing girl or, and yeah. had her on my podcast, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it just goes to show like, if you can have that attitude or spirit of like humility, but not even that, it's just, 
you're right. Like the possibilities are endless. I don't even, I think, I, I think a lot like you do in that, in that regard, I think, oh, well, they could know, you know, so many other people. And for me, I think that's why I encourage people so much to, it doesn't matter how quote unquote big or famous someone might be. If you want to work with them, you better ask, or the answer is no, <laughs> you know, or if you, wanna, if you want to partner with them, or if you want to get to know them or whatever, you know, it's never going to happen unless you just ask. And I think that's what a lot of um, the companies out there that are doing it right as, as far as like working with other brands and working with influencers are when they look beyond the numbers and they look at the, the content and and the mission and the purpose, which I think is what the title of this episode is going to probably be. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's one good thing that I see people doing is they, you know, huge companies are reaching out to whoever because they see the value that they're bringing. And honestly, those are probably way more fruitful because it's better, you know, a better relationship than, if they would have hired someone who was like big and famous, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Those, those realtor people probably could have benefited from having a conversation with you guys. A hundred percent. You know, what's funny is I've reached out to so many people to be on both podcasts and yeah. I have people who I don't put past them, but I definitely didn't forget that it was clear that they were like, well, not right now because the podcast wasn't big enough. Like, the yeah. Instagram small, the, with podcasters, usually more listeners than followers. I don't, the podcast yes. I listen to every single day, I don't follow any of them on Instagram. So me either, no. but, but when you're contacting like influencers and stuff to be on the podcast, you look at that and they're like, mm -hmm. uh, not right now, but you know, hit me back next year. And I'm kind of like, I'm probably not going to, No, <laughs> when I think not. about it, like when, and then when I do have a larger platform where you can really connect with your audience. I don't think I'm going to reach back out because maybe a year from now we may not align. And that sounds a yeah. little bitter, but it also sounds no. like, look, you kind of want people who take a chance on you. You, you pay it forward. Yeah. I don't know. Like you, yeah, you kind of do remember those things. The people that thought they were too cool or too big or you're too small. You remember yeah. that. Yeah, you do. Right. And yeah, I think it just comes down to relationships. And if you're, not open to new relationships or if you're not good at building relationships then you're going to be pretty limited as to how you move forward <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so exactly yeah that's pretty crazy um well hey what is your what are some of your last like tips on being an entrepreneur and working a full-time job alongside a passion project or a side hustle yeah, I guess right now it's just a hobby because I'm not making money. <laughs> no, it's still, a pro um, it's like a side hustle project. I love it. Project. It's, the thing about podcasts is they're very like grassroots. This is what I tell people. Unless you're like a reality TV star and you just jump straight into podcasting with mm -hmm. a whole viewership following, it's grassroots. Most it's going to take the time. Podcasts, yeah, some of the best podcasts I've found have like 120 episodes by the time I found the first one I've ever listened exactly. to. <laughs> then I go back and listen to all the old ones. So right. um, I think best tips and tricks, especially we're going into 2020. I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of people are sitting with their pen and notepad wondering, all right, what am I going to do? I want to start a podcast. I want to 
write a book, I want to start a blog, whatever it is you want to do, start a business, you have to have structure and you have to be organized. And this is something I learned in sales and something I am pretty diligent about. Like I wake up early because I have to, like I have to get my workout done at 5.30 or 6.30, which sucks. And (laughs) to me personally, there's, there's days that I miss it, but at least three days a week, I'm up early. I work out and I have my coffee but I go straight into my day job. As much as your mind wants to wander to your hobby or your special project or your side hustle, if you start mixing and mingling uh, out throughout the day, I notice that I don't do either of them very well. So yeah, they both if I suffer. sit down, they both kind of suffer. And then you kind of get this guilt that you aren't working, that someone's paying you, or I don't know. So I'm pretty serious about my full-time job and I dedicate my full commitment to it right when I wake up until 5 p.m. And if something comes up for the podcast, I try to wait until after five and then I'll dive in and I'll switch, switch modes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat some dinner and sit down and do the podcast or record a session. Sometimes I record at 8 p.m. at night. Um, but I try to do that once every two to three weeks because I'm several episodes ahead mm-hmm. and I'm several episodes ahead because I planned properly on the front end. So yes. it's really about planning and structure and self-discipline. You're going to have your off days, but try to keep that for Saturday or Sunday or try to push your podcast recordings to Saturdays and just focus yep. full on during the week for your real job. Yeah. You know, I think that's probably the smartest thing, especially if you're a podcaster listening if you're doing this on the side, if you're running a business on the side or whatever, doing those bat, that batch work on the weekends, like, I mean, we're recording this on a Saturday, you know, I, I recorded during the middle of the school week for the longest time. And I don't know why, because there was so much going on. And sometimes it like, wasn't, it was just like, that was how we had to do it. But you know, we quickly learned like, oh my gosh, like why, this is crazy. We're not recording in the middle of the week anymore. What? <laughs> so I'm doing that. And I mean, you know, cause you've been on my podcast, your episode mm-hmm. airs, um, in the middle of January 7th or 8th. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny. Um, I've been doing that and I record at iHeartRadio in mm-hmm. North Dallas and, um, it has to be during the week because that's when they're open. And that's when, you know, my engineer that does all my editing, Mm-hmm. but it's become such a thing where I'm like, I just can't swing that because sometimes I'll have a lot of work I have to do till 7 PM. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in the process of redoing all my equipment so that I can record on Saturdays and I'm just going to record yeah. on Saturdays as much as I can yeah. um, moving forward. But you, you kind of figure it out once you start going. Right. right? Yeah. You got to figure out what's, what's like fitting for you and what your flow looks like. But one of my biggest points, I guess. And one of the biggest things that helps pull me back to focusing is that one day, let's say the podcast takes off super successful and making a ton of money from it. Maybe I have a podcast network with all these podcasts under me and that becomes my full-time job. And I'm going to have people working for me that I pay for their work. I want to know that if I'm paying them to get a job done or I'm paying them for certain hours of work one day, that they're doing the work and that I can trust them to do that. And so the job that's paying me, my salary and my health insurance, my 401k, I'm very loyal to this and and aware of the fact that they are paying me 
to do a job. And so when I wake up and I do that job, I'm committed to that all day. My side hustle comes in the evening. And that's just how you have to prioritize it. And then I think it takes away any guilt or stress or, you know, lack of focus, right? When you structure your day and you think about it that way, like if I really want to turn this side hustle into something and one day people are going to work for me, how would I want my employees to act? Would I want them to have structure? It's like less of a juggling act. And I know I am not good at this. I, and I'm also in a job that I hate and I'm going to (laughs) like leave soon. I hope, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so like it's really, it's really hard because your brain, you know, especially if you're, if you've been side hustling for more than a year or so, and your side hustle is becoming substantial, it, I mean, I think everybody, this is probably a whole nother conversation, but the shift from, okay, am I really going to do this? Like, what does this look like full time? And, you know, is it going to stay side hustle? That's like I said, another, another story, but I'm, I'm not great at this. I, I like do business stuff in the morning, but I will say this. I, I, I almost like batch my work for my teaching job so that when I have a lunch break or in the morning, when I get there for an extra 30, 40 minutes, I can take part of that day to do business stuff because that's normal yeah. business hours. Right. And I, cause so that I can email people or call people when they're available because they don't have the schedule that I, you know what I mean? And so exactly. I feel like that I've done that and it works for me. I think there's probably a caveat here. Like, you know, this works for me. I'm not saying everybody needs to do this. Um, but yeah, man, it's I've totally hard. done that before, especially on hard. podcast release days, like mm-hmm. on the mornings that the episode releases, uh, that's when I do my earliest workout. Um, mm-hmm. to be honest, and I do it for a reason. I'll do like a five or a 6am, um, usually like a 5am, not 530, 5am Pilates class. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, Um, I will set up all the promotional material on Instagram to promote the episode. I'll have it time to release at a certain time Mm -hmm. um, and just get all that ready, push the episode. And I do that before work. So there are Mm -hmm. certain times where you have to get that done, Mm -hmm. but I feel like you're in a place where you could just dive fully in to Dallas Girl Gang and everything (laughs) you're doing. I mean, I don't know, but I really feel like if you were given all that time to focus on it you would be so profitable by like March I just can't right maybe even before then yeah oh I feel like that is definitely a whole other conversation (laughs) (laughs) I'm just over here Uh, like you got this oh my gosh do it yeah I know I love it it. oh my gosh okay (laughs) well we'll have to talk about that for sure in a minute but um Jen thank you so much for coming on the Fearless Girl Gang podcast. We loved talking to you. Um, tell us where we can find you on the internet, you and your podcast. Yeah, this is fun. Thank you for having me. My yeah. personal is Jen Hills, just J-E-N-H-I-L-Z. I just post pictures of my nieces and my boyfriend, so nothing exciting. <laughs> um, and then the panel podcast, my Instagram is at uh, panel podcast. So just like a panel, we have a panel of guests talking, talking about a specific topic every episode and mm-hmm. it airs on Wednesdays. 
I love it. On awesome. everywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah. And it is awesome, y'all. Um, well, Jen, this was Thank super you. fun. Thank you so much for joining us and um, I'll see you soon, I'm sure. Thank you. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do uh, dial in. I got to learn how you do this. Yeah. For my podcast. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I almost forgot. Um, tell everybody about the panel podcast launch party. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. It's two weeks away. You guys. Yay. Okay. The panel podcast, um, we're doing this launch party with pair. And if you're not signed up for pair, you should sign up. They create super cool experiences in Dallas, including the yes, panel launch pair. party. Yeah. And we are just celebrating, you know, the first season, wrapping that up, launching the podcast, starting off 2020, and we're going to have some fun. So it's at Ferris Wheelers on January 9th, starting at 6 p- 6.30 PM. This is a Thursday. And um, Ferris Wheelers is a really cool outdoor bar with like an actual Ferris wheel in the back. And we've rented the entire place out. The best part is Party City Machine Band from uh, Emerald City Bands is going to be performing. So super fun, smoky craft cocktails, dancing, and a lot of exciting events throughout the night. Awesome. So great. All right. Well, thank you, Jen. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. It was such a joy to talk to Jen in that format. Um, We see each other a lot. We talk a lot, but it was just so much fun to have her on the show and get to talk about all the good things. So click in. What does that mean? Check in and check out (laughs) the panel podcast and the launch party January 9th. And so we're just really excited about that. Jen is wonderful. So again, thanks Jen for coming on the show. If you are struggling in any form or fashion, again, huge advocate for better help. Not only do we have a partnership with them, but I'm personally using their counseling services myself um, for the last several weeks. And it's just been a really uh, beginning of a transformational process. Um, I literally dumped on my therapist like, hey, I want to go over this, 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 and this and give her a list of like seven things. And she was like, okay, let's tackle this one first. Like, what do we need to do? And here's what I think. And, you know, not only listening to me and talking to me, but relating to me and giving me resources. So it's been incredible. Um, There's no shame in asking for help. So betterhelp.com slash girl gang. We will catch you guys next week. And if you're like me and going back to work, maybe you're already back to work. You've got this. 2020 is our year. This is starting a new decade. So look out with those fresh eyes.